Cold Stove Podcast, NRG. We are back for two weeks. How about that? NHL trade deadline is less than two weeks away. I believe it's the 21st, correct? So uh, not next Monday, but the Monday after, NRD and I will have a busy day, busy weekend before that. I'm actually at a wedding in Naples, Florida ahead of that. So I'll have to be checking the uh, the burner cave. Maybe NRD's down that way. Who knows? But uh, how are you doing, NRD? Fun, man. It's good stuff. You're gonna be uh you're gonna be gone. The busiest weekend of the year, man. I'm gonna be flying solo. Hey, don't oh. worry. I will I will be on. I know that's a that's a big weekend for the boys. So don't don't worry about me. I'll be I'll have uh, bacon wrap scallops in one hand and the timeline on the other. I promise. I'll tell you what, I, I feel I feel much better you being accessible in Naples than in Vegas. Like if you were in Vegas that weekend, maybe oh, no. we would have had an issue. <laughs> but uh, uh, that, Naples that's, is that, that's much Red more Bull tamed. vodka in one hand and Red Bull vodka in the other hand, or, or black chat chips. Put the phone away at the tables in our. Do you know this? Yep. Uh, what's going on with you? Hanging in there, man. Busy, busy, busy time of year, right? A lot of uh, a lot of information flying out on your Twitter feeds. A lot of people refuting some reports. We'll get to that in a little bit. But um, fun time of year. It's interesting how often this information shifts and, you know, I sound like a loser right now because I never talk about anything I do outside of this damn rumor cave. But uh, it's the truth. This is busy season, man. Well, uh, we'll have plenty of time to talk about my golf story. Shouts to Whitney um, after the fact. But right now it's trade deadline season and I'm ready to go. It's trade deadline season. NRD is it's gearing up. It's like Santa's workshop. He's got all his elves in the rumor cave, just running around, finding stuff out, getting stuff from sources and whatnot. Uh, I got a little scoop today in RD. If you want me to lead off with this, just kind of a quick one. You mind if I take the floor to open it up? All yours, my friend. How about that? It's not our our hometown Buffalo Sabres. It is our uh, potential new rival of the Austin Coyotes. It's the Dallas Stars. I heard that Joe Pavelski, the inclination is that he will stay a Dallas Star. Kind of what I was told is that he thinks he can run with the boys or the horses that he's got. So in terms of going to an NHL, uh, a Stanley Cup contender, shouts to the new logo, by the way, of the Stanley Cup playoffs, he thinks he's got one. And uh, the preference right now is to stay put. Um, obviously, a, a large deal of some sort can change that, but I would think it's more of a, uh, more of a chance that Pavelski is a Dallas star and they make the playoffs than anything. Uh, shouts to Jason Robinson for the weekend he had, but... If you want to look at a name in Dallas, it's still probably a Braden Holtby because of the way Ottinger's playing. Um, but right now, I think they like the team they got, and I know Pavelski does. So that's my that's my scoop NRD to lead off our two-a-week quickie episode. And that's a good scoop, man. If you look at the way they played, you know, to talk about Dallas really quick, you look at the way they kind of manhandled the Minnesota Wild the other night, actually Sunday afternoon, you know, like those are the types of teams that they're going to be competing with for a playoff spot. And that was a really good litmus test of, Hey, you know, we might have the, we might be a contender ourselves here. So let's just kind of run, like you said, run with the horses we got and hopefully we'll uh, make some magic happen come, come April. There you go. It's right around the corner, man. Playoffs right around the corner. NHL trade deadline is right around the corner. Exciting stuff, but let's open it back up for you, NRD, as you are the insider of this podcast. I am just the lowly host. Do you want to talk about that guy over in Philly or no? A couple guys actually in Philly. A couple so of which one? Philly. The big one or the little one? You choose first. The one that plays big and is actually little, the oh. one that's little but plays big. 
I love that shade, NRD. Let's talk about Rasmus Ristolainen, shall we? Report came out from Elliot Freeman that the well, you know what? I'll I'll leave the floor to you. I don't want to botch details. Would you like to explain the situation? No, you're you, listen. Any details appreciated saves my ass from saying something that gets me in trouble. <laughs> um, that being said, so obviously a lot of con- conflicting things about Rasmus Ristolainen over the past couple of weeks and and whatnot. Where I'm at, and if you, you know, many of you probably saw on my Twitter feed this morning. So Elliot on 32 Thoughts, who, listen, I'm not here to say Elliot's wrong, right? Like Elliot does great stuff and appreciate the respect given by Elliot to kind of allude to the fact that maybe the number that this reporter, which, you know, my name is NRD. You can say it, Elliot. It's okay. I don't bite. But this reporter put out there is maybe a counteroffer or whatnot. So didn't directly refute what's been said by myself and, you know, Anthony Sanfilippo who does great stuff with the Flyers and covers that team diligently. Um, but did say that he believes that the offer from the Flyers to Erasmus Ristolainen is much closer to that 475, you know, 4 million to 475 range. And that the 6.25 slash 6.33 or whatever is a counteroffer from Risto's camp to the Flyers. I will just say this, and I'm not, like I said, I'm not here to kind of pick fights, say who's wrong. Obviously, and this is no secret, Brett and I discussed this, you know, before getting on the show, it's never easy to punch uphill, punch upwards, right? Elliot's a big dog, and that's not what I'm here to do. But that being said, I have a lot of respect and trust for, for you know, Ant Sanfilippo. Anthony does great stuff, like I said. And uh, I will just say that if an extension gets done with Rastristaline and the Philadelphia Flyers, I still feel confident saying it gets done much closer so the number that I put out there than the number that was put out there by other shows. And that's all I'm going to leave it at that. Not saying anybody's wrong, not saying anybody's right. I know what I heard. I know what Anthony heard and I like Anthony and that's, I'll put that one to bed for now. Much closer to one number than the other. Uh, if that is, if he signs, right? He, there yeah, is- no, there's a possibility. He doesn't sign. I don't mean to cut you off there. There's, this is, and I, I've spoken to other sources who are, you know, in lockstep that have said, there's a mandate on Rasmus's camp to say, hey, like we we got to make a move here. Chuck's telling them we respect you a lot. We want you to stay in the organization. We're trying to court you. We're trying to bring you back for the next six, seven years or whatever it is. But that being said, we need a deadline because we're going to have to move you if you're not staying here, if you're testing the waters and free agency. So I think that's coming to a head sooner than later. Maybe at the end of this week, maybe Friday, Saturday, you might hear some more reports about Rasmus's future trickle out. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. But no guarantee he stays. But if he does stay, yeah. that's the number I'm looking at. Because you look at a team like Edmonton who needs a, a big right shot defenseman, whether it's a Justin Braun for cheaper than Rasmus, whether it's a Rasmus for Stolainen, he's he's going to have a market if that deal is not done, right? So that, that's my opinion on the player aside. He's still a big right shot defenseman that, you know, and in we could spend words, hours talking, show up in the playoffs. We could but. spend hours talking about it. We did on last week's show. You know, I get it. He's the butt of many, many jokes, but at the same time, you mentioned it. He's right shot, big defenseman. Those things are a rare commodity, and not too many of them, which means that the ones that are there get paid. So leads the league and flips to nowhere per 60. Uh anyway. Let's talk about that other guy in uh, Philadelphia, and that's Claude Giroux. I think every team in the league has been mentioned as a landing spot at this point. I'm not saying we have to pick and choose who is right there, but some names have entered the the, the rumor mill that maybe uh, he might be traded for. One of those is a, is a 
Florida Panthers prospect in Owen Tippett. Um, anything on either Tippett or a potential other prospect that may be in play here for Claude Giroux? No, I think that the Philadelphia Flyers really do like Owen Tippett and what he can bring to their organization. And I think that's why Florida is starting to be the hot name. Not to say that Colorado is going anywhere, not necessarily to just, you know, piggyback on Elliot or whatever you want to call it. But like Elliot did mention on 32 Thoughts on Monday that Colorado seems to, you know, they're still in it, can never count them out, but maybe they're not as strong as they once were. And I made a joke on Twitter that that's probably because Joe Sackick is an impatient GM. And, you know, I got Colorado fans up in arms and, the basement dwellers over in the HF boards for Colorado are ripping me apart saying he don't know nothing about our team. And it's a joke. Sarcasm is a lost art form. Apparently the guy who spent 19 months waiting to trade Matthew Shane is impatient. Give me a break. Um, but Colorado has other things to do. If they want to go after a goaltender and they got a, they're limited in cap space. It's going to accrue day to day till we get close to the deadline. But that being said, they have other things that, you know, they want to work on. If the Giroux deal is not going to happen, JT Miller, one name that's come up between Colorado and Vancouver over the past couple of days. So I still think Colorado's in it for Giroux, but Florida's a hot name. And there's a couple other names in the Eastern Conference that have continued to sniff around. You know, Boston and the Rangers were mentioned by Elliott. We've said on this show many times, you know, those two as well. I've spoken about how the in-division tax may be something that Chris Jury doesn't want to do. But now that we know that there's a chance that Tomas Hurdle's not on the market anymore, maybe, you know, as those centers dwindle, that's a, potential option to pay that tax but there are there are many many teams in play Washington included so a lot of things going on with Claude Giroux looking forward to seeing where that one plays out and you know like I thought about Giroux's camp and you you watch the way Tyler Toffoli is right now playing with the Calgary Flames and it kind of struck me I'm like man as a GM or as a player I'd rather go somewhere more quickly than than a deadline day high pressure situation i understand the return earlier in the month maybe less you know by a round of draft pick but you look at the way Toffoli is bringing this this flames team along and bringing them together they they they're one of the most fun teams to watch right now he has more time to gel with his teammates and um more time for his family to get you know settled and, and more time to figure things out before strapping up for a playoff run. So I'm like, okay, if I if I'm getting a second round versus a first round, you know, whatever it may be, do you like the the guys that are leaving to go places earlier, uh, both for the player and and the GM? It's really really about the fit, right? More than anything, and it's also about the cap space. And this is something that you know not to just pump their tires because no free ads, but this is something I talked about with, you know, Anthony and Rush Joy on Snow the Goalie, their Flyers podcast last week, that a lot of the times, yeah, you'd want that guy in the building a lot earlier, but at the same time, because of the way the salary cap works in this league and that that cap space accrues daily till the deadline, what might be affordable, what might not be affordable today is affordable in three days from now, just with, you know, dollar for dollar down to the cent, what gets retained and whatnot. So I think, especially when you're talking Giroud deal and the contenders that are in on Claude Giroud, namely the Avalanche who need cap, you know, help to make that work. Namely the Washington Capitals, if they're in play, who need some help to make that work. The Boston Bruins really, honestly, the only team that doesn't necessarily need cap help to make it work. Ironically enough is the New York Rangers next year. Obviously they can't, they can't resign their pet rock because they got so much money tied up, tied up in contracts, but this year, at least they have some flexibility, but the teams that need that, you know, need that, cap space to go up and up and up till we get close to March 21st, they can't necessarily bring them in the 
door now, even if they tried. So I agree with your point. It's a great point. But I think that's why guys like Giroux are going to trickle down close to the deadline, not only because he wants to play game 1000 for the Flyers, which is pretty much set in stone from what I heard. He's not going to get moved before then, but it's also about that cap space. Let's keep let's keep it going here. We're on cold stove quickie watch, so we'll we'll just kind of keep ripping through these. But a team that uh, is going to struggle with cap space at some point or or another is the Toronto Maple Leafs, and here we go talking about the Leafs again. But they've been tied a couple different people, circles, defensive positions, perhaps maybe a goalie. Uh, you you want to look at the the Toronto whether it's the goaltending front, the defenseman front, um, what, what's going on in the shadow of the CN Tower up there. I'll tell you that it's the goaltending. Kyle Dubas and Sheldon Keefe will tell you it's the defense that we need to improve on. That'll help and, our and goaltending. Hampus Lindholm, by the way, seems to be the hot name there. And that's and if they go the route, it's you know that route. It's you know Cal Yarncroft if they want to add up front. But there there's flexibility for the Leafs. But I still think that they lack that number one starter. Right? We spoke about this last week, and I'm really happy to see that you know. We speculated it, and then Frank Saravalli on the morning show up in you know Sportsnet in Canada echoed the points about how like Flurry's the only guy on the market really that can give them that one A proven, it's been there, won a Stanley Cup type goaltending presence and net. And who knows if Flurry would really wave to go to Toronto? Conflicting reports: Steve Simmons, who you know you could trust him as far as I could throw him, says that Mark Andre Flurry's going nowhere. But you know other people say maybe it's a possibility as we get closer to that deadline day. But I still think that that's the move Toronto needs to make if that's available to him. Talk about Morazic going the other way to, to Chicago. Talk about maybe a first or a second changing hands. But he's the only goaltender that brings you that presence in net, that stable rock. He hasn't had a career year this year, but then again, has anybody on Chicago. And he's really solid, and you don't have to deal with bringing in another 1B to say, hey, hopefully this guy gets hot at the right time, right? Because – we're we're having a very different conversation a couple weeks from now on this podcast post deadline. If it really turns out that Jack Campbell's hot streak was at the beginning of the season, and now he's ice cold consistently. And I think that if you have an opportunity to get a guy like Mark Andre Fleury in the building, yeah, it's going to cost a lot, but the Stanley Cup costs a lot too. So if you have an opportunity to get him in the building, I think it's the Toronto's best shot at making a run. Have to agree. Have to agree. Let's stay uh, north of the border and let's stay at net. The Edmonton Oilers uh, just rinse and repeat on this you know, statement. They need help in goal. Mike Smith is out with a non-COVID related illness. What, I mean, that, that team doesn't seem to be exactly hitting on all cylinders, but is it totally the fault of the goaltender? And what do they, what do they do there? And in, in on defense, perhaps I, I mentioned a guy like Rasmus Ristolainen, Justin Braun, and, and maybe even a Mark Pizik from the Sabres because he's only a $900,000 player and right-handed defenseman that can play, uh, that can play, you know, anywhere in the bottom two pairs. So what do you, what do you see there from, from Edmonton? And another guy that comes to mind, if you're talking defenseman that can play on the bottom two pairs, how about Calvin DeHaan in Chicago? Sure, who's available. Sure. We know he's available and he could play the bottom, you know, bottom pairing can be seventh defenseman. If you know, somehow your, your guys step up, but really solid stability on the back end in terms of goaltenders, James Nichols, who reports about the Islanders for the fourth period, pretty in tune as one could be to Lou Lamorello because that's pretty hard to do, but has heard that Semyon Varlamov is a no-go to Edmonton in terms of his no-trade clause. He's not willing to waive to go to Edmonton, and we know Marc-Andre Fleury is probably not willing to waive to go to Edmonton, and I think that's the issue for the Oilers in that is that they're going to target these goalies and can't fault them for trying, but that 
probably not the, you know, you don't want to be a goalie in Edmonton right now. And I think that's the concern with a lot of these guys, in addition to the border concerns with, you know, COVID and everything, as hopefully it continues to get better, but still is in the back of everybody's minds. And I think that that is the biggest factor at play right now for Varlamov saying no to Edmonton, Flurry potentially saying no to Edmonton. Where do they really go? And that is it Alexander Georgiev. He's got a big start tonight against the Minnesota Wild for the Rangers. Let's see if he does something. I think that this is a big, big showcase for him, considering he's not going to get too many starts from here on out, especially close to the deadline. Um, so if this is his night to steal a game for the Rangers, I think Chris Jury would be very, very happy. And maybe the Edmonton Oilers would be happy too. No doubt. Big start for him. Kind of an audition in a way, you know, just say, hey, if, if you're Chris Drury and he puts up a shutout, like that's that's best case scenario, right? I mean, you already have the uh, a Vezina winning goalie, if not the Hart winning goalie. What can you get for Georgiev? You're going to need a cheap goalie option next year anyway. You know, it's not like you're you're going to be flush with cap space to pay two guys five million bucks. So interested to see what happens there. Let's keep going across the border, though, as we move from east to west. And that is our friends in Vancouver who are looking better, but not quite there yet. They're going to be sellers for sure. GM says basically everybody not named Elias Pedersen is available. So where does that put us with JT Miller, who is uh, hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold, as I have recalled this season in terms of trade rumors? Where are you at today? with him lukewarm i guess in between hot and cold i know it's a really shitty answer but i'm done trying to pinpoint what patrick alvin and you know jim rutherford and that vancouver canucks front office is trying to do they've clearly been playing the game through the media excellent you look at some of the reports that have come out from you know frank and pierre and everything that's going on and what's being said everybody's 50 50 to move right everybody is hey this guy's our best player but if some team steps up but we don't want to move him like it's been the same organizational talking point for for Brock Besser, for JT Miller, for Bo Horvat, doesn't matter who it is. So done trying to pinpoint down what they're doing. I know a really funny tweet we talked about, you know, JT Miller being 50-50 on the show. And then Patrick Alvin came out and said that JT Miller is 50-50 to be moved. And I tweeted that and then shouts to Mike Grinnell. Grinnell, the old, old pal, tweeted at me with a little gif of some kid being force-fed. And he said, this is Patrick Alvin feeding that scoop to Pierre LeBron. But <laughs> That's basically what's going on, and I still say that I, I think there's a lot. Granted, many games are played through the media. We saw it with the Jack Eichel stuff back in you know November with Calgary and then Vegas through Kevin Weeks. But one of the most egregious tweets I've ever seen. Exactly, but we know it happens, and that being you know being the point here is that I do think there's some truth to fifty fifty. They're playing well. Who knows really where they can go in the playoffs if if Thatcher Demko gets hot and. JT Miller continues to score. So why would you be in a rush to move him? And that's really what I've said all along. I'm not here to, you know, dif- dispute anybody, refute any reports or add my own at this point, just to say he's damn good. And I truly think Patrick Alvin's 50, 50. I'm moving a damn good player. Got to step up. Yeah. Got to step up. Price is always going to be the price. Brock Besser's price. Has that changed in the last couple of weeks? Has it changed? I still, you know, I'd still be really surprised if I know things have really cooled off. So I'm kind of, rekindle an old flame here but like i'd still be really surprised if they move brock besser and the return is pavel zaka right like i think it's gonna be higher than that um i think you're in that to foley price range well, maybe they take a couple of pitch from the buffalo sabers and he's end up ends up a saber who knows who knows just saying <laughs> just saying um anaheim 
We mentioned them a little bit uh, ago, but they are officially open for business. A guy like Match Comtois hasn't played in a little bit. He's a, a very attractive piece for any playoff team. A guy like Hampus Lindholm is very much on the block, Ricard Raquel, and, and so on and so forth down the cap friendly page. What do you know about what's happening in Anaheim? Lindholm, as you mentioned, hot name for Toronto for many teams. One of the interesting things that I took away from what's out there right now is obviously the reports about Ben Sherratt, how the Montreal Canadiens have been reluctant to find a deal that suits them. And I wonder if that's because Manson and Lindholm, these guys are now on the market. Pat Verbeek said it. I wonder if there's just so so much saturation on the defensive market that now Len, Lindholm's the hot name or, or Josh Manson's the hot name. And that's where you know teams start to look to. Klingberg's probably off the market now. So as the world turns, as the soap opera evolves, as we get closer to March 21st, Lindholm is going to be the hot name. I think Raquel has his unique group of suitors. It's, you know, we can talk about him all day long, but it's the same teams. And there's a reason why these same teams are looking to buy talent like that. The Rangers, the Florida Panthers, the Boston Bruins, et cetera, at all. So that's where we're at on the Anaheim defensemen and the Anaheim forwards that are RFAs and UFAs. It's just going to be the same teams that are looking to buy. And it's a matter of which one strikes the deal. We're not close to that today, but hey, we got a, we got less than 14 days left. If you're a team, do you not take a flyer on uh, Nick Delorier to get a little jam in your lineup for $1 million? Remember there was a report like last offseason from Elliot that the Rangers were almost willing to give a first for him? I don't think it'll I, – I can't imagine he'll get a first, but – But shoots the puck hard and he can – kick the shit out of somebody when he needs to. So yeah, if you're playing, if you're playing the capitals, do you want a guy that's just going to piss off Brendan or uh, excuse me, Tom Wilson, the whole series? Like if you're Boston, do you pick up a Delorier and then the boys in Southie just love this dude, dude. Right. I mean, can, I, Hey, I, I, I put him on my fourth line in the playoffs. Why not? On your expansion team on the Brett Merriman All-Stars. Oh, I, I, I don't know if you saw the end of this rundown, buddy. I have literally the segment. It's called a guy Brett wants on his team. If they're a playoff contender looking for a spark each night. There you go. So, yeah. We have another addition. The all-star franchise. Uh, no, I, Hey, it's probably not going to get a first, like we said, but to talk like what the Rangers did by adding Ryan Reeves. If you want to do that for your organization, Nick Delorier is the guy. Yeah, or if you have a, a couple superstar kids that, you know, maybe you're making a playoff run and, and a lot of your offense runs through inexperienced young kids, maybe a Toronto, for example, not that, not that Austin Matthews is super young, but they're still, they're still younger. You had a guy like Delorier to, to, to protect is the wrong word, right? Like that, that's sort of out of the game that you come at my guy, I'm going to go at your other guy because it's a chess match. I, there's still some of that, obviously. But yeah, with him on the ice, with him, the threat of him on the ice, of course, uh, it's going to be a, a playoff atmosphere for everybody. But he's a guy that you obviously like to have on your bench. And guys that in a seven-game series, he wears people down. So does Brendan Lemieux. So does Tom Wilson. So does Ryan Reeves. We know that playoff it's cliche, but you're right. Is different. Yeah. Yeah. It's cliche, but they wear guys down. And that's why they're in high demand. That's why there was even a rumor out there that Nick Delorier would be going for a first last offseason. Sure. Um, a guy that is off the market officially, Jared McCann signs five by five in Seattle. What kind of player is he to you, NRD? He adds a lot of jump, but what I'm, you know, McCann's a great player, but. 
I'm still confused where Seattle really wants to go with this roster. Of course. Because it seems like now if they're if they want to be known as the power broker on the market and take on contracts and whatnot, wouldn't that subscribe to a rebuild? But they didn't really commit to rebuilding when they started and they took players in the expansion draft. If you wanted to rebuild and cl- accumulate assets for years future, you would have taken guys like Max Domi in the draft because there's a second round pick plus at the deadline. Mm-hmm. You would have taken Tarasenko or Voracek. There's a second round pick, you know, a first round pick plus at the deadline for those guys. Like you would have accumulated those assets. Doesn't seem like they really want to move. Like they'll move Cal Yarncroft. They'll move uh, Mark Giordano. Mark that. Giordano because he's a vet and probably wants to go chase a cup. But like, they get a lot of value out of a Vince Dunn or Hayden Fleury. They don't want to move him. So I'm really confused on their roster building, what they want to do. Five by five for Jared McKinnon is a really good deal. But it just, what's their window, right? I don't know. They have a lot of guys who are kind of that mid, you know, they're not, nobody's making 10 million bucks over there. A lot of guys are making four, five, six million dollars. So they're kind of going for that middle, middle of the road lineup, just having a lot of those guys, which I don't mind. But there's not a lot of young talent. There's not a lot of uh, like goaltending talent right now, obviously. So interesting to see where they go, I guess, yeah. is kind of the, the way to put it. They'll have cap space to, to weaponize, I, I suppose. But um, good for them for locking up Jared McCann at a good price for, for term. Now they have a couple of those guys. Like, uh, obviously, Jordan Eberle, you know, my favorite glue guy. The reason that the Islanders aren't first in the division this year. Um, Jaden Schwartz, Yanni Gord. There's a lot of guys signed there for a long time. So, and you need bodies. Like I'm not here to say that Seattle should just trade everybody with a contract and start over again. Like you need good hockey players to compete in this league. But it, like I said, good deal, good for the player. I'm happy for them. I'm happy for the organization for getting them at that cost. But I'm just interested to see what Seattle does in the next couple of weeks, just with how they want to build the team. They're clearly focused on getting guys in house that they want to keep. So who who is not on that list is what I'm curious about. We shall find out soon enough, NRD. Uh, let's move to what's going on in Minnesota, where you'd think they were going for a Stanley Cup, and they were linked to Jack Eichel, and Billy Guerin has a set of brass balls. We know this, but it's not going well for them at the moment, NRD, to say the least. They're obviously in cap hell coming up. If you're Bill Guerin, are you just staring at that at, at that whiteboard in your office with the magnets on it? Like, what? Where did this thing fall apart? I really liked his comments. I think it was maybe it was Teruso with the Athletic, or I know he did a spot on TNT the other day for the game. But he said we're not going to trade our way out of this. This is not something I could just wave a magic wand over, work some contracts, work the phones, and bring us back to contend. Like we have to compete. We have to win games. I think tonight is. Just like it's a really important game for Alexander Georgiev, I think it's a really important game for the Minnesota Wild. Yes, not a divisional opponent, not somebody they're going to be in a direct competition with for a playoff spot, but really good team. Doesn't have, you know, isn't a Florida. Like we know the Rangers don't score seven goals a night, so it should be close and it should be a game where Georgiev's in the net. Minnesota should come out and really test them. And if they can't, I think it says, it continuously says a lot about where Minnesota stands. And then in a couple of days, we have this conversation about guys like Kevin Fiala, if, you know, they continue to slip. Was that a little NRD bet coming out that I heard in your voice there? I'm on Minnesota tonight. I'll leave it that. I'll tell you what, I'm never, I'm never taking your advice on the, uh, or against the Sabres anymore, should I say. Your fault, man. I, I, you were going to Vegas. I told you, Sabres money line, lock it in. 
many people on Twitter listened. I get so many tweets saying, thanks for the pick, NRD. I was riding with you. You, of all people, I'm surprised not to take the Sabres money line when I tell you to. I will never bet on this team this season, and that's a promise. They've looked they've looked so bad the last couple nights. It's been like, whatever. You kind of feel for a Don Renato because he, he goes, hey, we, we know we're not going to win the Stanley Cup with this roster, but we, we still got to fight. I we got to fight. We still, we still have to – and that's what he's been so good at is, is winning sort of the little development battles. Like, hey, we're mm-hmm. not going to – our record's not going to necessarily paint the picture of, of how this team wants to play, how this team wants to fight, the sort of the, the, the – what we're building here. And I think it's just at this part of the season, it, gets, it really does get tough to – extremely tough hey if you want to look at it this way i wasn't telling you to bet on uh buffalo as much as i was telling you to bet against toronto they tend to play down to their opponents and i think that's that was the crux of that pick but it's you know it's good thing to bring up buffalo because we've talked last week about kevin fiala potentially being that guy you know buffalo selling their ufas but buying selectively depending on what's on the market he's one of the guys one of those guys that we both mentioned and we'll see what minnesota does and if they can kind of play themselves out of this funk but if not buffalo is going to be in the market on some of these guys that getting paid a little bit but they can afford it and can provide in you know the next two or three years as buffalo continues to get better yeah they they won't be buying high-priced ufas unless it's kind of facilitating things um you know they're taking on a pk suban for example um but if they, they could very much be dying, buying a guy with term that they see as part of this roster. Jason Carmanos was in Pittsburgh uh, a couple of days ago. He, you know, he was a, a GM there, or excuse me, an AGM there for a while. So that does make sense. But I think Buffalo is going to be sort of pulling a lot of different levers. A lot of teams interested. One name that comes to mind really quick, and we're on the topic of the Minnesota Wild and the Buffalo Sabres. A lot of teams interested in obviously in them, but asking prices high. But if there's any team that should make a play for Jack McBain, you know, started from Boston College, who's not, re, you know, signing his rookie contract in Minnesota, maybe a team like Buffalo. You buy on there a guy like that. And I think that that's where we've talked about for many weeks now, where Buffalo is at, you know, and what they want to do is if an opportunity arises where they have opportunity, where they have that potential opportunity to grab talent, I think they will. I don't think they're going to shy away from it just because they're not good. Yeah, I, and and Jeff Merrick mentioned that he's probably a second round sort of. That's where his rights end up in terms of pick valuation. And if you're Buffalo, you have three first round picks. Why why not give up a second for a kid that is pro, is going to be better in the next three years than anybody you're going to draft in the second round? So why not? No, I, I'm, I'm all for it. Many teams are going to be in play. It's going to be ultimately who who gives that extra. But I think yeah. if you're a team like Buffalo, I think you're one of the teams that should give that extra juice to facilitate that. Why not? And your whole pitch there is, hey, come come play immediately. You know, if you if that's what you want, you can you can leave in four years. You know, but come play immediately and and go get a big contract. Fine. There you go. Uh, last thing I have for today on my end, NRD is, like I said, a guy Brett wants on his team if they're a playoff contender looking for a spark each night. Any guesses? I'll give you I'll give you a guess. California team. Pending UFA, California team. Forward. Somebody out of L.A.? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if we've ever mentioned him. The guess is as good as mine. Andreas Athanasiu. There you go. I had a feeling it was somebody with the uh, the Los Angeles Kings. NRD, Andreas Athanasiu, 
I watched him play last night and, and, you know, I like him because he is like the one very standout guy that we played as kids when we went up to the, uh, to the Montreal, whatever that peewee tournament is in, in Montreal. And there's a billion teams that play in it. That was oh, our Quebec one really tournament. Cool. Quebec. It's, yeah, it's in Quebec city. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah. so we did that. We got orange coned by Athana CU. Like it just, it just one of those things like, Oh, okay. I I'm 12 now. And I, I know what, a future NHL player looks like at 12 now. So that was cool. And sure enough, but watching his game last night, it, it just, it, it's immediate. I know he's not a defensive player, right? He would have to be supported defensively, but if you need a guy that you can play four out of the seven games in a series and just say, when we play you, you're going to get second line minutes and you're going to, maybe you get a power play look, but you are just going to, or even like a power kill type of guy who's got wheels when a shot gets blocked and somebody flips the puck out to the neutral zone, he's gone. And he's a very good breakaway player. He's a, he's a very, obviously an extremely talented player who's just not defensively responsible. So if you're a playoff team that wants a spark, you can kind of bring off the bench as like a, Hey boys, we're, I'm, I'm bringing the, I'm bringing the Tommy gun out tonight and then sit him back down and let him save his legs and go to Fazoli's after the game and carbo load. Like that's, that's a guy He's making 2.7 that I could see a team taking a flyer on for the playoffs. He's vastly approaching the category of uh, my old uh, Tomas Vanek, most moved at the deadline award. He's been moved like the past <laughs> three or four years at the deadline. I think he went from what, he already Detroit went to-, to Edmonton to yeah, he- maybe so he the- went to Columbus and then that deal fell apart. And now he's in L.A. The only thing, though, is if you're L.A. and you're sitting at second in the Pacific Division, do you move him? I, I don't know. I don't know. No, I know, and that's the, kind of what we're doing here. But like, I think that if you're a team, you're gonna have to step up and make that. Like, you you have to really want Andreas Athanasiu because they're not shopping him. So if you target him as your guy, then yep. you have to step up and pay for him. The only reason I can see him being more expendable is that eventually, what is it? The the forty prospects that they have in LA, eventually, though, some of those guys are gonna have to play. Yeah. So. You, uh, I thought you probably doesn't sign back there in the off season, but uh, so does that mean you trade him now or does that, does that say action hey? is not necessarily a bad thing. Right. Right. You create a roster spot for not only this year, years to come, their windows closing. I don't, you know, maybe I'll eat my words here in a couple of months, but I don't consider them necessarily a Stanley cup contender. I think they're out kicking their coverage right now. Wait, who's uh, this LA? Yeah. yeah okay. I don't really consider them a stand, you know, I yeah, could no, be wrong. I'll eat crow, but too, they're I, too young. I think they're out kicking their coverage right now. And if, if that's the case, like you said, you want to clear up those roster spots. They have some young forwards. I believe Tyler Madden's still in the organization. If I'm not hundred percent. Huge shouts to the Northeastern Huskies. Bro. Yeah. Northeastern Husky, Tyler Madden. So uh, first like, place in hockey East. Also those Northeastern Huskies. Big wins for Brett Merriman. This Huge. Um, but yeah, like if, if you move a guy like him, now the roster spots open up the middle. So I don't hate it, man. You're building out a good team. I think we have put a great, together a I, really good product on the ice. Just a really solid squad. I'm going to put it together in the uh, what the, our our friends over is it evolving hockey that have like the wins above replacement counter or something like that. You can put yep. a lineup together. I think I might have to do that with my team. See what's see what's going on with them. Keep on the lookout for that from the show account. There you go. Uh, NRD. Before we head out, anything from you that we need to hit on the two a week? I know it's only 35 minutes today, everybody. We're we're gonna get. Two of these, though, in a week with more. It just kind of action-packed. Go, go, go. And then we'll have a trade deadline preview, and maybe we'll figure something out for Monday, the day trade deadline day. And we'll see where it goes from that. But anything before we head out? Nothing on the rumors. I had some 
folks tweet me over in uh, over in the swamp in New Jersey that you've been saying Jesper Bratt's name wrong. It's Jesper Bratt. It's very Jesper American. Bratt. I don't necessarily. I don't think agree. I even believe them. I don't believe it either. I'm just bringing this to your attention on air. Okay. Um, so just just something to, you know. Maybe we'll we'll take a linguistics class after this. Just touch Tom Fitzgerald after this because I know you have his number and, and shoot me what he's. I says. do have Tommy's number. He's a good guy. <laughs> NRD, thank you for uh, for hopping on. Let's go two a week, baby. Cold stove. Love it. Appreciate cool. it. Keep That's on the lookout. At NHL Rumors Daily on Twitter. I am at Schmerriman on Twitter. We are at Cold Stove Pod on Twitter. Gear up. Trade deadline season. Let's go. Hit it. All right. We'll see you guys uh, end of this week, Friday. Yeah. Boom. I'm ready for it. See ya.